Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hey, y'all, Katie here, founder of Mom Nation and owner and operator of Team Evo AZ at EXP Realty, your go to gal for anything real estate in the state of Arizona. I am the sponsor of today's show. I will link my page and information in the show notes so you can quickly and easily get in touch with me should you need anything real estate, any advice, or maybe you're looking to get into the business. I sure hope you enjoy today's show. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody and Mom Nation. We are here with Mom Nation Unscripted. Our podcast. It's our podcast, Jenny. It's season four, episode four of our podcast. I say this every single time. I cannot believe we're already in season four. We are here with an amazing guest that we've actually had, I think, on season one and two. <laughs> maybe, maybe season three. I don't know. Um, but Dana, Dana Lamb is back again. So excited to have you here, Dana. How's it going with you? Thanks. It's, um, it's really going awesome. Awesome. Good to see you. It's always such a great conversation with Dana. So Jenny, big news this week. How was your week? <laughs> um, you know, it's been, it's been a, a long week, actually. We, we've been battling um, a few people not feeling well, and now we've got the kids out of school today, and so trying to keep them busy. And, but it's been, um, it's, everything's great. Awesome. And you're a licensed career uh... <laughs> now, which is a funny story because my husband and I submitted our applications on the same day. Like I filled out his, he signed it. I mailed them for him. And six days later, he gets his card in the mail. I'm like, what the heck? They said to expect a couple of months because there's so many people applying right now. So right. every day. I'm checking the mail. Like it became this joke because I'd go check the mail and I'd come back in and my husband's like hee 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 laughing at me and he's like, does somebody have some felonies that they're hiding? Like is there <laughs> late? Stop it. <laughs> so it was exciting to see my card in the mail. I sent it to him like see. That's awesome. I'm so, so proud of you. Congratulations. I think it's something everybody should know how to do. Um, you know, I mean in the event, who knows? I mean, guns are everywhere, right? And in the event you bump into one somewhere, it's, I think it's super important to know how to safely control that weapon. Not doesn't mean you're necessarily using it, but to safely control that weapon is so super important. So awesome job. I'm so, so proud and can't wait to hit the range with you. As you know, I'm way behind you, but I'll get okay. there. We'll get you there. Yeah, totally. Um, as for me, I just froze my behind off all week. That's about it. I mean, we went from what, like 100 degrees in November to 60, 50, whatever it's been these last couple of days, like that. So I have just been adjusting and I, I'm one of those crazy people, like this might be the unpopular opinion, right? I'm one of those crazy people that loves Phoenix summer. Like the reason I live here is not because of the rest of the nine months out of the year that everybody else lives here for. It's actually the three months that everybody complains about because it's my favorite. I love the intense heat. I love getting out in the pool. I love the sun. So, um, so I've just been mourning this week. <laughs> oh. 
It's supposed to warm up this weekend, I think, isn't it though? I saw that. Yeah. Saturday or Sunday. Sunday, it's going to be 80. Yeah, which is perfect. I mean, who doesn't love 80, 85 degrees? You know what I mean? So, right. so that'll be exciting. Hope to get out on the boat, maybe throw a couple of fishing lines in and just relax a little bit. Um, just coming off a really crazy year, as I'm sure everybody can relate. And so sliding into the holiday season, I'm looking for a little R&R, to be honest. Like, I'm getting too old for this. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dana, you had a more exciting week than I think the both of us combined. Tell us a little bit about what you got cooking, sister. Well, um, well, this week, actually, yesterday, I just had a, a photo shoot because uh, my mentor has arranged uh, for me to be on the jumbotron on nasdaq in times square no way in so in a couple of weeks we're going so i had to get my um uh, uh picture taken and and it's being edited right now so carrie munstadt um did my photo shoot she's awesome she did a really great job and then jeffrey lynn with blaze um her team is like kind of you know creating it because there's holes in the window so it's a round building and there's holes in it so obviously you don't want like a, a window where your nose is or, or something weird. So it oh, has to be, fun. yeah, it has to be formatted. So I'm really excited about that. I'll, so stay tuned for photos of that. And, and then a couple weeks ago, um, so that's kind of part of a couple weeks ago, I was in Acapulco for a week in a private villa with eight bedrooms and uh, a bunch of other entrepreneurs getting some really amazing training so it was so you know it really from the pictures i know people think oh she's not working it really was a lot of work but there was some downtime and playtime too and and relaxation at the pool so it was a really incredible you know incredible week i feel very lucky awesome so what was the retreat for so i'm a part of this it's kind of a year-long mastermind program and this specific one was really about crafting your your story you know that most of us you know probably have anywhere from four to seven you know good stories that they can share with people part of it was also about uh creating your selfie image so uh, i actually learned a lot about how to take a how to take a selfie better to improve upon it and how to take you know videos kind of you know, as a selfie also. So taking videos of, of yourself and getting the background in it. And it's amazing what some, a few little tips and tweaks can do to really, you know, enhance those things. That's awesome. That, that sounds so fun. I would love to learn that too. So you did this because obviously you're the founder of Surprise Date Challenge. You and your significant others, the founder, yes. I should say. And we I, cannot I like partner and business partner, yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So you, you explain what you do a little bit better than I do. So why don't you tell everybody who, who you are and what it is you do? Sure. Well, Marty and I founded a, about three years ago a prize date challenge. So we help couples to keep the happiness and romance alive, planning um, one date at a time. And so our whole premise is that surprise is surprise adds the spice to life. We all like good surprises, not bad surprises. And so having your partner plan one surprise date a month for you and you plan one surprise date a month for them 
really enhances and changes relationships. But we also work with companies. So we have a, a corporate version of this. So if somebody's single, they can choose a friend and family experience. So there's um, friend and family experience or, or couple experiences, because these, this is something that we can, you can do with your kids even. So there's no whining, there's no complaining. You know, we just took our, our boys who are 16 and 20 and they had no idea what we were doing. I just said, hey, dress casual, something you don't mind getting dirty. And we went and uh, made pottery on, you know, on a pottery wheel. And they really had a, they really had a great time, so. Oh, that's awesome. But it didn't always start out as family included. Also, you kind of added that as you went along, right? Am I right? Yes, yes, and our passion is really still about relationships. I, I was in a 13-year marriage that, you know, obviously I was completely head over heels in love with my husband when I married him or I wouldn't have married him and we created two children together. And then the relationship fizzled out and it's really interesting because I was just at a networking uh, event and a woman who won, even though I, I shared exactly what I did, um, I knew she, she wasn't married and she had mentioned she had a son or a friend of hers did. So I was talking to her and I said, oh, well, I understand you may want to give this, um, the date of the month club to, to your, your son and daughter-in-law. And she goes, well, why would I want to do that? He's, he's already married. And so she still didn't understand, like when people hear the word date, they automatically think single people and dating. Right. And that's what we're really trying to change. We're trying to say, Hey, you need, if you're in a relationship, never stop dating your partner. And Tony Robbins says, if you do what you do in the beginning, there won't be an end. And we see that time and time again. And I'm guilty of it. It happened. I didn't know. We don't learn anything in school about how to have a good relationship or keep a relationship alive. Um, you know, it's like you get married, you have kids and there's no guidebook for kids. There's no guidebook for marriage or relationships. And we're all just winging it. Right. 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 And so that's, that's what we're trying to change is we're trying to, we're trying, when I want people, I'm hoping five years from now that people will go, oh, date. Yeah. I'm going to date my husband or my wife or my partner and, or, or my kids, you know, you can, or date yourself. If you're single, you can, you know, we have a lot of great ideas. You can take yourself on a date if you don't have anyone to go on, you know, we, especially this past year, we know life is fragile. We don't know, you know, how much time we have, how much freedom we have, if everything's Mm going to shut down or close down. So don't wait for someday, just do it now. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. Um, Tell me about when you, when, when you and Marty were thinking about bringing this idea to market, what were you going through? How did you stumble upon this idea? How, like, tell me about that story. That's an, I I know it, but it's an interesting one. (laughs) Yeah. So Marty was introduced to me by friends and probably a couple weeks into dating, he said, Hey, I have this idea that we should plan one surprise date a month for each other. What do you think? And I've said, sure, I'm on board. And and his premise was that he had been in relationships before where he had, you know, gotten bored in relationship. And he said, I don't want that to happen with us. I want us to, I want it to always be this exciting and for it to last a lifetime, which is so sweet. So of course I was on board. And then he goes, Okay, sign this contract. <laughs> so he actually printed out a contract that we would commit to planning one surprise date a month for each other. And I think there's something about 
not just talking about it, but putting it in writing. And so from that was 20, May of 2015, and he said, I'll show you how it's done. And he planned the very first surprise date, which was a cooking class at Sir La Table. I had no idea. He said, wear flats because we're gonna be standing and walking. But he said, dress, other than that, dress date night casual. And I had no idea, and it was such a magical experience. And then I planned a surprise date. I took him to U2, and it's just something that we we have done for years. And I read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, or actually was listening to it on audiobook. And in the book, she said, I felt like she was talking to me. She said, the universe will give you an idea, and if you don't run with it, someone else will. And then you'll say they stole your idea. Yep. And... You know, to be honest, I mean, it, it was, I almost quit and I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, that um, a year and a half in, we were putting date ideas out on Facebook. We weren't making any money, zero, you know, I'm working my day job and my nighttime hobby. It was a hobby at that point and passion. I'm getting up at 5am. I'm working till midnight every night. I'm exhausted. And I thought, what the heck am I working so hard for? Does anybody even, is anybody even paying attention to what we're doing? And I knew it could help, but I wasn't sure how to get it to the masses. And I quit. And the next day, someone called me and said, hey, I've been, we've done about five of your dates on Facebook that you posted and sent me pictures of proof. And she said, you can't quit. And it was, that was really the pivot. And then I knew we had, I, we had to keep going and figure out. Um, and we got on TV after that. Actually, she helped us with that. So we got out on TV and that helped. And then wrote a book last year. We've sold almost 8,000 copies and we just came out with our, our second book, which is the Surprise Date Challenge Home Edition, and with it, which has home date ideas. And I'm super proud of it. It has a year's worth of dates and we say two dates a month, one for each of you. So it has 24 date ideas you can do at home. And the cool thing about the second book, it's way better than the first one because it has QR codes in there or a secret, there's secret pages that you can go to for resources for each date. So there's links that you can go and buy all the supplies you need. So we make it so easy. There's even a Spotify playlist for each of the dates. So you, you have music and recipes and everything that you need to pull off an amazing date. That is so cool. I love that. And what a great time for Thank it you. You can't go out as much and people are maybe not as comfortable going out and things are shut down. So what a great time to be able to enjoy time with your partner at home. Yes. Yeah, we thought, you know, we were trying to decide because there's so many different options that we could we could go run with. And we thought this was perfect timing, especially people who live in California. I mean, everything really is because we have clients there and um, that belong to our date of the month club where we provide them dates they can do out on the town and everything's closed. So we're, we're sending out the date and we're saying, well, when things open, keep this place in mind. I mean, there's not really much you can do with California. So definitely they need it. Backing up to when you and Marty started surprise date challenge, that there's more to it. Like you, you have learned some things throughout your lifetime about relationships that, like you said in the beginning, that weren't taught in school. And so tell me a little bit about that, because I'm assuming that, that some of those life lessons sort of play into this idea um, a, a little bit. Yes, you know, for, for sure. And 
it's so interesting how it's come full circle because uh, in my marriage, I had gone, went to my husband and even said, I feel like we're business partners. We are in the business of raising two kids and we're not really, I don't, I feel like we've lost our romantic connection. And I wasn't really sure why or how that happened. And we even had on-site childcare. So my in-laws lived in our guest house and would watch our kids. So we had, it wasn't even babysitting issue. We didn't have to drop them off anywhere. You know, it was great. And so it really was, and it wasn't that we didn't love each other or care about each other. We just got really busy with life and we forgot to date each other. So it was really interesting, but even, even with that experience, I think moving forward into new relationships, that wasn't something that really was at the forefront until, you know, Marty came into my life and this was his idea and we started practicing it. And I realized how much it enhanced our relationship and kept things exciting and passionate. And then, and then just realizing that I'm sure that we weren't the only couple that got divorced because we stopped dating each other. And when you stop dating each other, you lose that affinity for one another, I think. And so doing these experiences, unique experiences, fills up that love bank account. So if, if think of it as putting a deposit, you know, when your husband, if he, you know, said to you, Katie, be ready today at six o'clock and wear a blonde wig and this is what you should wear. And then he takes you out to dinner. And, and even if it's just a regular dinner, but you're wearing, you're like incognito or, you know, you're doing something different together. Or if he came home and said, I have a surprise date plan for you and he had like flowers shipped to your house and you were going to create a floral arrangement together, whatever it may be, that he took the time to think about you and plan something that you might enjoy. It's, it's like putting money in the bank. It's building those reserves because eventually he's going to probably do something stupid or, or you might that is going to irritate each other. And then, and then you need to have money in there because then it's going to, otherwise your, your account will be overdrawn. And that's when people get divorced, right? A hundred percent. So there must be, I know that you've been involved in making couples more happy for a few years now. So you must have some success stories with the couples that you've worked with. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, definitely. You know, there's the testimonials that we've, we've gotten from people have been, you know, things like, you know, thank you for lighting a fire under my husband. He never planned dates before. Now he plans dates regularly. Um, in the beginning, we actually got, had 10 test couples that we said, would you try this? And the interesting thing is, is several of the women said, my, my husband never plans dates. I don't think he'll do it. And we said, well, how do you know if you don't ask? You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And just mm -hmm. say, try this out. Let's see if it will improve our relationship. Maybe it'll do nothing for it, but you don't know if you don't try it, right? And so what we found is when people would ask their partner, they would, they would be fine with it. And so we have couples that have been practicing surprise dates for over three years now since we first started which is amazing. And, you know, what we, what we find is that it increases the bond and connection. It increases the happiness and satisfaction in relationships. You know, I haven't had, uh, I haven't had anybody necessarily say, oh, it like saved their marriage from divorce, but all of our testimonials have just been that 
it's really improved and that the women are just, especially in, in heterosexual relationships, it seems like the women kind of default to planning mm -hmm. the date. Yeah. And so this, and, and so, and here's why, because sometimes we can be critical. What? I don't want to do that. And we don't realize that we're just shutting them down and they're like, oh, well, she knows what she likes. I'll just let her plan the dates. But what right. we secretly desire is we want to be the princess, you know, and we want them to, we want them to woo us. And Andy, um, shoot, Andy Reed, who is the, he is the head coach for um, the Kansas City Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl. And he actually said two things that I thought were really awesome. After he won the Super Bowl, he said he was um, going, um, going home and taking his um, trophy to bed and he met his trophy wife. <laughs> and he had been married for 40, I think 45 years they've been married. And he goes, I actually call my wife my girlfriend because he said, you never want to stop wooing your girlfriend. And he, he wants to remind himself of that. And I just love that. And, and that should be taught in schools, right? That yeah. we should always, we should never stop wooing our partner. I totally agree because why do we get so complacent? I don't know. I don't know. Why? Why do we end up getting so comfortable in relationships that we stop doing you know, those things that we were doing before? Like Tony Robbins says, keep doing, you know, what you did in the beginning and there'll never be an end. How you do, how do you, like, why do we stop doing what we did in the beginning? Yeah, I think it's just a natural progression just from a lot of psychology and relationship books that I've read and listening to other, to other experts. In the beginning, it is much easier to do those things, I think, because you are trying to impress that person or woo them that, you know, you, we still have lives and we're busy. And, and then uh, we just get we just get comfortable and sometimes we treat the people that are closest to us the worst right we mm -hmm. say we say sometimes things we say to ourselves or to our partner um are things that we would never say to a colleague or or someone else right right they get kind of the the more raw <laughs> raw you so i and and it does take a little bit of of effort and that's why we think you know planning one surprise date is so simple like who can't plan one surprise date a month? Because if you don't put it on the calendar and you don't plan, all of a sudden six months go by and you can't even remember the last time you went on a date. And we poll people all the time and that like on Facebook and I'll ask, you know, hey, how frequently do you go on dates? And most of the time the answer is I can't even remember the last time I went on a date, which is really sad. And the interesting thing is, is I, we've taught some couples courses and classes. We have, we have an online course, um, 21 Days to Transform Your Love Life. And we also teach that live and we've, I've done it at my church even. And I partnered with a woman who does um, help single people to find people. I have to tell you, there were 10 times there. I mean, we had standing room only almost for the single people. Single people work so hard to find the one they want, but then they drop the ball, which yeah, is so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and not everybody. I mean, obviously there are couples out there who are really good about planning dates and wooing their partner and being consistent. But I think for the majority of people, it kind of gets put on the back burner and we just want to help people to make it, we want to make it as easy as possible because I think it's the best, I mean, for marriages and families to stay together and two parent homes, especially when kids are involved. I mean, we're, the whole world will benefit from mm -hmm. that. 
I totally agree. And and you had mentioned um, about like your clients in California where, you know, things are a little bit different. They're not able to get out. And so you have kind of some workarounds for them. What about people who are just, you know, with, with COVID there's been I mean, there, there often is, but with COVID even, even more so just people who are kind of, their budgets roll tight and they're like, you know what, Dana, I'm sure I would love to do this. I would love to get on board and bring the spark back into my marriage. But you know, the, the budget's just not big enough for that right now. So what do you say to those people? Hmm. Well, there's where there's a will, there's a way, and you might have to be a little more creative. I would like to think that most of our we really try to give our date ideas that we give out or that are in our book are simple, easy things that can be created sometimes for free. Our first book has, for example, um, details about a scavenger hunt. And so, I mean, that's completely free. Right. So you can text your partner before they come home from work or if they're not working, make them leave, go walk around the block and come back and you could set it, set it up and have little clues around your, your house. And we give you all the details in the book. So that's absolutely free and it can end up in the bedroom or wherever you, <laughs> wherever you want, wherever you want it to go. Um, we're coming out with, uh, for Valentine's day, we're going to do a, a bedroom edition dates. So it's going to be 24 dates that either start or end up in the bedroom. And I know one of the other dates that we have in there, again, it's like using, you know, printing things out. You can print pictures either at home or Walgreens for really cheap. So you print pictures and you hang fishing wire and put your picture on it. And again, kind of text your partner and, and kind of seduce them a little and be a little flirty and kid-like and direct them to where you want them to go in the house. And we suggest the bedroom. So, you know, for that kind of date, there's, um, we have some other really inexpensive, um, like one of them, like you could do glow in the dark bowling, um, you know, a lights out day. There's, there are so many ways that you can do it in inexpensively. You can even make a, you know, create a cooking class, you know, uh, your own, I mean, you have to eat right and have dinner. So maybe just make something new that you've never, that you've never made before. And, um, and a lot of our, uh, a lot of our, you know, I'm trying to think about all of our at-home dates. I mean, there's a lot that are really inexpensive that you can do on a budget. You can create a spa night at home. You can build a tent at home. I mean, really the possibilities are, are endless. I love it. That can you. So you're either giving, you're either getting results or you're getting, you're giving excuses about why you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Totally true. So, uh, you know, again, I, I love what you said about this stuff just isn't taught in school. And honestly, it really should be. The things that we do learn in school, unfortunately, on our own tend to be a bit dysfunctional um, or can be. So there's a story about you on the first day of school in the fourth grade that I've been dying to hear for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. Yes, I will. So I grew up in, well, I was born in Milan, Illinois, or I like to say Milan. And my parents really hated shoveling snow every day. So their dream was to move to Arizona. And we used to come here on vacation. So when I was nine, we moved to Clarkdale, Arizona, which is up north, kind of near Sedona. Population at the time was about 1,500 people. And prior to moving, I sang in a competition and I sang a country song. So I had this little cowgirl outfit and it was the denim skirt with the red plaid vest, um, 
or the red plaid uh, shirt with a, a denim vest. I had the boots, the hat, and a red neckerchief. And I love Charlie's Angels and Farrah Fawcett was like my hero. So I had, you know, the feather back hair going on. I totally rocked this outfit. So we move in October. So the middle of the school year, I'm going to a new school. And hey, Arizona is the Wild West, right? Because that's what I, I perceived it. So I really insisted that I wear my cowgirl outfit to school on my first day. My mom begged me and tried to talk me out of it, but I was a little strong-willed. And luckily she did talk me out of wearing the neckerchief and the hat and the, um, I think I wore the boots though. So I walk into class and Mr. Gimmel, I remember my fourth grade teacher was Mr. Gimmel. And I about died because I realized that everyone was dressed like the kids at W.L. Eddy Elementary in Milan, Illinois. And I wanted to just crawl under my desk and die. And I'm, I'm stuck there all day wearing this cowgirl outfit. And when my mom comes to get me at the end of the day, I literally just climb into the car, just start bawling my eyes out and tell her, we have to find a new school. Like, I cannot go back there again. Aww. And she's like, I tried to talk you out of it. And she gave me some really great advice, though. She said, you have to go back to school tomorrow and you just need to hold your head up high and fake it till you make it. You know, she said, just pretend you are you were all that and you're confident. And she was kind of trying to build me up how I was going to look and act and feel. And I was forced to go to school the next day and, and learn to hold my head up high and kind of, you know, fake it. But as I got older, I realized, I'm like, gosh, when can I stop faking it? I felt like I was always faking it, that I really didn't have that, that confidence inside that I was always, um, especially when I would go to a party or some type of event even a dinner party that I had all this angst. Um, and I didn't realize it until recently that it really went all the way back to when I was nine years old, that I would get so nervous before I would go to a place because I didn't want to be wearing the wrong outfit. I wanted to make sure that I was wearing the right, you know, the right outfit. And then once I, once I got somewhere, I usually was okay. But even like a week before, or especially the day of and hours leading into me walking into any event, whether it was a networking event, I would just be so like sick to my stomach on the inside mm -hmm. and, and faking that confidence until I discovered kind of the link, the link back and just having that awareness and that knowledge and realizing that, you know, I'm not that nine-year-old little girl anymore. And probably no one else even remembers that incident, yeah. but me, mm -hmm. but that it affected me for so much. And so what that really allowed me to do, what I like to call the anxiety of the cowgirl incident has allowed me to, I, I finally have, I don't have to fake it anymore. I've actually now acquired that that confidence. Because of that though, I still do. It's really important to me. I would rather be overdressed than underdressed. Mm -hmm. And that'll probably stay with me forever, but I don't have that anxiety anymore. So it's just really important to me to, to look good and appearance is important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and you know, often, like you said, if you walk into a room and you have, and you're self-conscious about something, it's really debilitating on your ability, I feel, to connect when you're there and to, you know, get into relationship with others or, or perhaps enhance relationship with others because you're just so worried about what's going on with you. And I think the same can be true for people who are, you know, worried about, well, am I going to say the right thing or the wrong thing? 
or, you know what I mean? And I think that that's a huge point and even plays into our relationships, right? Because are we really being a hundred percent real and vulnerable with our partner if we're so worried about, well, do I have the right thing on or do I, am I saying the right thing? That kind of thing. Right. Well, and I think that goes into the planning surprise dates too, because I've had some people say, oh no, I don't like surprises. And I think part of that is like, um, they don't maybe want to be dressed wrong or caught off guard in a bad way. So I think giving, it's really important that we, you know, you give enough details without giving away the surprise that the person is dressed appropriately and looks comfortable, is comfortable, you know, at, at what they're doing. But I think we need to, yeah, let go of that control a little bit too. Totally. It just it, give yourself a little bit of relief. Like we're mm -hmm. all our individual selves. We all have different likes, dislikes, say different things, do different things, think different things. I think uh, that's something that I learned in my probably mid thirties, close to mid thirties. So I went that long, you know, being too self-aware, I feel like. And then once I learned that piece of it, like, no, look, here's, here's who I am. I'm a good person. I know that I show up. Right yada, yada. And, and, and that's it. What you see is what you get. If you don't like it, well, Hey, it's a good thing. There are, you know, five some odd billion other 6 billion other people in the world. So. And the, you know, the vulnerability that thanks for bringing that up because that's so important. That's one of the things that we hear from our, you know, from different clients and things, especially ones where maybe one partner isn't planning a surprise, you know, or, any kind of experience, you know, for them or, and, and so that is one of the thing. And it's really interesting to me that you can be married to somebody for 20 years or even 15 or 10 or whatever it may be, or with somebody that you live with, that you're intimate with. And yet you're uncomfortable to say to them, you know, Hey, I really would like to, you know, we have like a more of a romantic relationship with you or can we plan surprise dates or can we can we make sure we put date nights on the calendar more it's very interesting to me that people kind of kind of walk on eggshells around that and that they're afraid to be vulnerable and ask their partner for what they what they need and and you know yeah i mean we would all love it if our partners were mind readers right but they're not right. they're not right they're not and we just need to kind of give them some some direction. Yeah. And, and I think we really can't expect them to be, and we do. Um, you know, I mean, I do, I, I expect Matt to know what I'm thinking and feeling oftentimes. And I, I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator. We could see what he has to say, but I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator and I'm, and I'm telling him things, but, um, I think that's just human nature. I, and, and he'll say it to me too. He's like, well, you should just know, like, I don't like that. Or you should just know to talk to me this way. And, even after all these years that we've been together, I don't, I, I really don't. Right. And it's, but it's all about communicating, communicating those things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Jenny, so Jenny, I have a question for you. So, um, when you and Phil got together, you obviously were dating and things like that and, and going out and, and things, and then got married, had the girls, now you have an opportunity because one of your girls is a little bit older. So you, you have that babysitter at home. So like Dana said, she had that babysitter at home. So has your dating of your husband life changed over the years? 
yes, we've definitely been on a roller, co roller coaster of, you know, dating more, less, and then more again. Um, you know, initially, of course, we're going out more, we're doing more, and then comes the baby. <laughs> and yeah. I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I don't want to put on makeup and make myself look cute to go out. And then who's going to watch her? And it, it, even if we snuck away for dinner, it was like, we got to hurry up and get home. And you're stressed the whole time at dinner, worrying about the baby. So you're not really even enjoying yourself. So now we've gotten to a point where we can go out again. Um, and we have an older daughter. So we've even been able to leave the kids with her for a weekend. And we went to Cabo for a week last year. We're finally able to get away and do things again. Um, but I do find that we get into that rut of we go to dinner and a movie or, you know, we go to, what do you do? You, we keep doing the same dates over again and going to the same restaurants over again. And you get yep. into that little rut of repeating the same thing. And, you know, I, I love this idea of a challenge because even myself being the one that plans things, I might be hesitant to plan something where I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I'm going to be any good at that. <laughs> and I don't want to make myself look stupid or, you know, and I wouldn't even think of different ideas. Like, where do you come up with these ideas to do all of these fun date challenges? So I love that that's all put together in a neat little package and, um, you know, to give us those ideas to get out of that rut. Yeah, it's definitely brilliant. Um, since you've started since the girls are a little bit older and you've started dating again, have you discovered anything new about your husband or are you still kind of, is this conversation opening your eyes up a little bit about dating your husband? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think the biggest part is that we do the same thing and we stay in our comfort zone and you don't get to see different sides of people until you leave that comfort zone. And that goes, you know, for me as well, I do things that I know that I'm good at or that I know that I like, and you don't get to learn things even about yourself or your spouse until you get out and do something different. So this is helping me see that we need to try some different things. There's so many things in the Valley or just in Arizona in general that we could be doing and we haven't ever tried it. And we've been together for like 16 years now. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here. So I think I was, was I one of your test couples, Dana? I know I'm in the first book. Matt you and I are in the first book. book. Yes. And we, um, yes, we had you and we planned a surprise date for you, which was really cool. And then we've done a surprise double date together. Yeah, which was awesome. So Jenny, to speak to that point, so working with Dana um, and having fun with Dana, honestly, because we ended up doing that, she totally opened our eyes. And Matt and I went on a date and it was my surprise to him. And we went to uh, the Botanical Gardens, but it was when they have all of the lights on and so it's really cool you go at night and it's like dancing lights everywhere it's beautiful there's all these little coves that you can kind of you know pull each other into and have a little bit of alone time if that's your thing um, but that was super fun and not anything that either one of us would ever have done ever in the history of ever if it wasn't for Dana um, we did dinner at the is it Lucille's Gertrude's Gertrude's uh, right there at the the gardens and it was just so much fun we laughed so much and and we learned a lot about each other and then we went on a 
a double date with Dana and Marty. And that was, I think you saw some photos. That was the ax throwing, which never would have done was honestly a little bit nervous to do. So without Dana for support, I may not have done it. <laughs> and you know, it's a little bit dangerous. So it was like, Hmm, this is kind of cool. I, I remember seeing those pictures and it does look so fun. And, and like you said, I never would have thought to do something like that, but I remember seeing your video and it was like, that's so fun. We need to go and do that. Yeah, it really was. And I think if I remember right, Dana and I ended up kicking the guy's asses. So I think we did for sure. I think we definitely looked cooler than them. Right. <laughs> and we, it's so funny. We, our outfits, we didn't coordinate our outfits, but we kind of matched. We were both wearing black and black boots. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was really funny. And then of course, you know, I have the super dark hair and she has the super blonde hair. So we look just kind of yin and yang as we were up there together, but that was cool. Right. Oh, um, what's that band? Heart, weren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were like heart. Exactly. We were. It's one of my favorite bands growing up. So I have no problem with that. All right, Dana. Well, I, I have to ask you this last question before we wrap up here. You had mentioned that um, you had some big life lessons through the, the cowgirl experience. What did you call it? <laughs> yeah, the cowgirl incident. Yes, the incident. You learned some big life lessons. And then later on in life, um, you learned some, some life lessons that uh, when, when you went through and kind of a sad situation in your life. Yes. Yeah. So I, after getting divorced and ending a, a 13 year marriage, which is, is really stressful if anyone's been through a divorce and my kids were 12 and eight at the time. And after that, I met this really amazing, amazing guy. And he gave up Newport beach to move to Arizona to, to be with me, which is pretty well, now, maybe not as much since they're locked down, but, you know, having the ocean right there at, at the time, this is quite a few years ago, um, moved here. And about six weeks after he moved here, he started getting fevers, night chills, and sweats. And we weren't really sure. It took several months. Um, in between that time, we took the kids to a dude ranch. I mean, he was just a really, really amazing, amazing guy. And I really was living, living the fairy, fairy tale. So I felt like I left this you know, relationship that had gone awry and, but I had this new lease on life and I was really happy, really in love. And unfortunately he had leukemia. So I spent, I quickly moved from the lover role into the uh, caretaker role and took care of him and lived in hospitals and things like that for a while. And unfortunately he passed away October. It's been seven years now, um, which is interesting because it feels like it almost feels like yesterday, but then, you know, I mean, that's almost a decade. It's, it's crazy how time flies. It does. And right after that, um, that was in October and then December, my mom's cancer came back for the second time. So I lost George and then I lost my mom within a six month period and I'd gotten divorced the year before. So my, not only did I have a lot of loss, but my kids, I'm sure that some of those things really affected them. And then their other grandma died like two weeks after, after that, the one who lived like in our guest house and raised the kids. So there was, there was a lot of loss and my ex-husband was a little angry and bitter. So he um, didn't want me to go to the funeral of my mother-in-law, which made me, I honored that as sad. And if my kids said, please, mom, don't come, it'll upset dad. So I didn't really get to go and 
and, you know, say goodbye to her. So it was just a lot of loss in a very, in a very short period of time. But what I learned from that, I mean, I wouldn't trade any of that. I mean, it was going to happen and, and I wouldn't trade any of that because what it really taught me is um, that life does go on. And, mm -hmm. and I, some friends introduced me to Marty, like I said, five and a half years ago. And interestingly, he knew George, he had met him in Newport Beach, Mark Victor Hansen had introduced them. So they had been, he had been in his office before, I think he had met with him maybe twice. So he kind of knew the caliber of guy and he said, wow, I have big, he knew what a great guy he was. And he said, wow, I have some big, big shoes to fill. And I said, you know, it's not a competition. They're completely totally different. They have great qualities, each of them. Um, when George first died, though, I really just thought, oh my gosh, I'm just going to be alone forever. And I remember even crying. Um, I felt so bad to be so sad around my kids that I would hide. I would go in the shower and I would shower and cry in the shower so they wouldn't hear me. And one time I turned the shower off and Harrison was nine then. And I could hear him go, mom, are you okay? Aww. And and I'm like, oh, yes, honey, you know, and I realized, I mean, I didn't want to hide it all from them because, of course, grief is part of it. But I just felt bad that I felt like I was crying all the time, <laughs> that I was so, you know, sad and trying to keep things going for them. Then when I came out of the, um, came out, he actually was bent down. He went and got one of my rings out of my closet and got down on one knee and asked me to marry him which was totally adorable, but also freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But of course I said, yes, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And I said, well, what do we do now? And he says, well, we get married. So he went and got his stuffed, he hates it when I tell the story, but he went and got his stuffed animals and he put his stuffed animals in that way and, and um, we got married. And it was really interesting. My son, we all had a kind of assigned seating at dinner. My older son, who is 13, um, when after George passed, like he would be in the hospital and we would all kind of sit in our, it wasn't assigned seats, but we all kind of sat in our normal seats. Yeah, you dinner. have your seat. Yeah. Yeah, we have our seat. And so after George like passed, Ethan moved into his seat just without asking, without, he just started, he moved over, like he was the man of the house and he was, which I thought was interesting. And I never really, we never really talked about it, but it's interesting how those things, you know, affect your kids. I learned so much from George. He was always like, this is, you know, uh, he, it was like money grew on trees. We can always buy more. We can always get more. And he had this abundant mentality. And he was just this little kid. He used to hide from me in the closet. I couldn't find him. I'd be looking all over, would go in the closet and he'd grab my feet or, or something crazy. So I wouldn't trade any of that. And what I realized is, you know, although love is different with Marty, I have found love again. And I'm very, very happy in that you know, no matter what happens in your life, I know a lot of crazy things are going on with coronavirus. People may have lost a loved one. They may have lost um, a job or their livelihood or their home that, you know, that this too shall pass, that things will always get better and move on. And I think it's just so important to, you know, have the right attitude. And I have a friend who has cancer now she's stage four and their whole motto is get up and live and even through her chemo and everything they're going zip lining into california and bike riding and their whole motto is is get up and live your life don't let it pass you by i love it i think that's perfect advice to end this amazing show on dana thank you again so much for your time i got reinvigorated um so my mom 
I don't know if I told you this, but my mom moved to Arizona last year and she's a snowbird. So she's here from October through like May, something like that. Um, and so she's here again this year, which is great. So I now have a little opportunity, like what Jenny was saying, it's nice when you have somebody that you can trust that's taking care of your kid because you otherwise at dinner, you just sit there and worry about them all the time. Right. And then what fun is that? So I have that opportunity. I have been using it and getting out there and dating my husband again. Um, so it's, it's definitely been something that's been very beneficial and positive for my life and my relationship. So I appreciate that. I always appreciate talking with you. Uh, you are amazing. So thank you so very much for your time. How are you? I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And if our audience would like to connect with you, get some date ideas, talk with you, how can they do that? Well, yeah, if you, you can, uh, re you can uh, reach out to me via email. It's Dana at surprisedatechallenge.com. Surprisedatechallenge.com is our website, of course. Um, feel free to give me a call. I'm happy to chat with you at six. My phone number is 602-699-6255. Awesome. Thank you again, Dana. And Jenny, before we go, what do we need everybody to do? We need you to go to either iTunes or uh, Google Podcast and subscribe, download the episodes, and give us a five-star review. Yes, please, because we want to get this awesome information. I mean, we're here pretty regularly, Dana, so we want to get this awesome information. We have awesome guests just like you out to the people because this is the real news. Like, we're sick of that fake news out there. So... <laughs> Please do share it with a mom or a friend or anybody that you think might benefit from this information. We appreciate you and we hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye. Moms with aspiration. Moms are inspirations. Moms in circulation. Moms at their workstations. Bump, 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 bump. They make a nation. Bump, this is a mom nation.